Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Philly Sports Angle Podcast. I'm Kirsten and it is Monday, September 23rd, 2019 and this is podcast number eight. Woohoo! Two straight months of podcast. So on this Monday we are about done week three of the NFL and we are looking ahead to the end of the MLB regular season as it about ends in about a week from today. And I mean... What a weekend in Philly sports. Absolutely terrible Eagles game yesterday. I I actually had the opportunity to attend it, and I had a blast despite the loss, but absolutely dreadful loss yesterday at home at the link, and there's no excuses for many things that happened, many terrible plays, not the team that us as Eagles fans thought we would be in the position as Dallas is 3-0 and and we are 1-2 tied with the Giants for second place in the NFC. If everything would have gone right in the past three weeks, the Eagles would have been 3-0 tied with the Cowboys right now. But unfortunately, they are 1-2 and and in a little bit of a hole here. So you look at yesterday, they're coming in off the tough loss the week before, 1-1. One and, one, and this is an opportunity for them to take what they... Are, who they are supposed to be as a team and capitalize on it and go in and make things happen. And unfortunately they were not able to do that as they had two fumbles. They let back a hundred yard return um, for a touchdown. And they also had seven dropped passes or catches seven drop catches. Um, Absolutely dreadful. And you can say, that they have been injured, they have a lot of injuries so far, and they have. I mean, I'm going to dive quickly into injuries. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, um, Dallas Goddard isn't 100%. Um, Jason Peters was sick yesterday, and Ronald Darby was reported injured today by Doug Peterson, but he hasn't gone into further detail. So obviously Alshon was not ruled out until about the hour before the game on Sunday as his calf injury he's been battling all year. They've played him on and off with it, and um, Doug really thought that he could be back on Sunday, but he was ruled out. Deshaun Jackson is nursing the groin slash hamstring, and um, Jason Peters ultimately was nauseous on Sunday, probably from the heat because it was unbearably hot. And Ronald Darby, he hasn't gone into further detail, but just to give you some sort of concept of of what, you know, the Eagles were dealing with. So they were down their two top receivers on Sunday again, so then they would... They look to Nelson Aguilar, Matt Collins, and uh, the rookie J.J. White. Against the Lions yesterday, Aguilar had 18 catches for 167 yards with two touchdowns. But he was unable to step up and make plays when they were needed most. And truthfully, as a player, as a veteran on the field, you have to be able to make those plays. And afterwards, Aguilar expressed his concern, you know, saying that what that is not who he is and it's there's no excuses and that they will come better um back better than ever this week um but i i truthfully think that there's a lot to say about i mean Aguilar in general is he the player that we all once thought he was i think he is i think he has it down deep inside him the way he played in the super bowl year but, I mean, everybody's going to turn heads at Aguilar because he is the, the the older guy here with Jackson and Jeffrey out. And, I mean, I'm not sure if it's totally Aguilar's fault. 
But I think regardless that people will always put blame on the older guy in the situation when you can't make catches. And I, it's one thing if your quarterback overshoots you or underthrows you. And Carson didn't have the most exact throws every single time, but most of his throws were accurate. Um, Carson Wentz shouldn't be the one to blame here, has his passer rating is a point higher than it was in his first three games of the 2017 season where he almost had his an MVP run before he was injured. And, I mean, that says a lot. He's been throwing more. He's more comfortable. Um, the thing is, he needs to get the ball off quicker. That's what I think. He is spending too much time in the pocket. And the thing is, he let himself get sacked yesterday when he could have easily thrown the ball away. But, again, Carson Wentz is a couple years into the league. Um, obviously, everyone will point fingers at the quarterback, and he did take some blame, but I don't think we can totally um, blame Carson Wentz because he really you know, gave his all out there um, against the Lions. He, almost, he set them up to make a run for it in the end, and his receivers didn't you know, didn't produce. Now, since the receivers weren't making any catches, wouldn't you as Doug Peterson think that maybe you should establish the run game more? You know, you look at it and they had five deep on their run game. Um, you know, they got Sanders, they've got Sproles, they got um, Clement, and they've got Howard. And to me, there's just no solid excuse for not using any of your running game. Um, you know, they ran more than they did in previous weeks, but not nearly enough. Jordan Howard's stats this year are unbelievably low because he hasn't been used. Um, you know, he has 11 rushing attempts, he has 37 rush yards, and he has one rushing touchdown. And, I mean, that's just in the Detroit game. But that is unbelievably low. I mean, why aren't you using Howard? Why aren't you using Sproles as much? The Eagles were criticized in week one for using Sproles too much. And they're now they're barely even using him. They pulled him a couple times to do kick return. He didn't get really far. Um, none of them really did their job. That's And they weren't using him consistently. They weren't using guys. They weren't sw- they they just weren't using their, their running back. I mean, why did they even have him in there? The amount of times Carson passed um, to the receivers who weren't even, you know, as skilled as they weren't even their top two main ones. It's just unbelievable. Um, Zach Ertz was really well covered by the Lions, as they know that Ertz is his obviously safe go-to guy in, in any of those situations. So, on, honestly, they, they couldn't get it done. They should have won the game. If they hadn't dropped those balls, they they, they would have won the game. And, I mean, it just makes you think. Dallas is 3-0, and and that is where this team thought they would be at this point in the season. And the thing is, they've lost the teams that – aren't even that good that they shouldn't lose to they lost to a good team and they fought their way through it I would have been like oh it's one thing but no I mean it's another thing to lose to a crappy team and let me tell you it was two minutes left in the game and everybody left people were leaving I and right after that I was we were watching the field goal attempt um after Eagles went for it on fourth down within the final minutes of the game about five minutes ago in the game they missed it we turned over on downs team Detroit came back, tried, you know, tried to go for it, um, went for the field goal, blocked by Malcolm Jenkins. He basically set them in a position to come back and win the game or tie it, right? And that is when Whiteside dropped the ball on fourth and eight eventually. And people left at two minutes. And I was saying in the stands with the, you know, people around me, 
you know, why would people leave during the situation? If you're a true fan, you, you don't leave. And I'm not saying that Philly doesn't have true fans. I'm saying they're really, they're bleeding, they're diehards. But it is one thing, it shows just how the Eagles have been playing that people would leave in that situation. Because the Eagles that we all know would be the ones who are fighting really, really hard to try to come back and win games like this. Anyway, you know, it was a really, really super fun game. And let me tell you, the thing about games like that is just being able to high-five everyone around you when you feel like so unified within the city of Philadelphia and within the different amounts of people around you and ages and um, everyone's different, but everybody can come together for Eagles football, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, it's something that kind of warms your heart. But um, I think this Eagles team can turn it around. It's week three. They have a short week this week as they head for a Thursday night game, um, you know, on a 3-0 Packers team that has been absolutely phenomenal under Aaron Rodgers because, you know, it is Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers does his thing, uh, he is unstoppable. Um, but this team's got to get angry. They've got to get angry. they got to get out there and they've got to play like they never played before because if this team would go 1-3, oh boy, that would not not suit well with, with a lot of people, as we know. Now the question is, what changes can they make this week? It's a short week. They're going to be tired. Not much. He hopes... Doug hopes that, you know, maybe Jeffrey can be back. He has faith that he's still rehabbing. He's getting closer and closer every day to being full strength. So having one of your two top receivers back would be nice. Deshaun, we know, isn't is totally out for this week, possibly back the week after. But it's it's one thing to not have guys, but it's another thing is when these are the kind of moments that other guys have to step up and play hard. And um, injuries are one thing, but having a stacked team that we all thought that Howie did built because the team that we expected was a team that was supposed to be more dominant than the past two teams that the Eagles had on the field, even better than the Super Bowl team. And that is not shaping up to what it is. And you know what? They have a long season ahead of them and it's just the beginning, but they need to play better as a team. There's just no excuses. They're, they're not playing up to, to their potential. And, you know, they have, they're taking Every player is taking accountability for the actions, but that's not going to help. That that doesn't really matter when you're out there. It's a matter of making smart plays and being accurate and being this team that we all know and love. So, um, obviously, wish the Eagles good luck this week. I believe you got to have faith that they will be able to take down the, the Green Bay Packers this Thursday on Thursday Night Football you won't want to miss it, and we'll be talking about it in next week's podcast. But now I'm going to jump to a little bit of Phillies talk. And, you know, you've heard me talk about the Phillies for the last seven podcasts. And the Phillies are going to make it. The Phillies are going to make it. Well, now they're about five and a half games back. Um, or even lower, maybe six, um, from the wild card. So, honestly, they're not going to make it. And this team, if you didn't know, this team hasn't won more than four games this year. Despite having absolutely sometimes electric offense, they were unable to put any sort of win streak together. And that's what good teams do. Good teams go on tears. And the Phillies have a lot to prove in this offseason. Um, do I think Gabe's going to keep his job? Yes, he will. We discussed this. Matt Cl- Clentak will too. But the thing that Matt has to improve on or the organization itself has to improve on is the pickups midseason because Bruce has been doing absolutely nothing off the bench. Brad Miller I would keep in the future because he seems to be all-around good utility, hardworking player. Um, you know, they just 
Phil Goslin, who they've called up a couple times, who's now up on the roster, they just don't have a good enough bench, and that's part of the reason they didn't make it. Um, you know, absolutely a terrible way to end the season that everyone thought would be so good, but maybe they can finish this season out and win eight games. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say they're going to win their next five of eight games. And I would just love to see them kick some other teams out of the playoffs, i.e. the Nationals. Um, the Braves this past weekend clinched it. Boo. Let's hope they get out in the first round. I'm going to be that pessimist, but um, oh well. Um, but honestly, we want to see good teams. And the Braves are a good team, don't get me wrong, but we want to see other teams that didn't destroy us this year. And the Braves single-handedly destroyed us, although we have a better record against them, if not tied. Don't quote me on that, but that was the last time I, I had looked up that stat. But thing is, the 2020 Phillies are going to come back swinging even harder. And to me, it's sad that baseball season's almost over, but in the future, we got a lot to look forward to. And we do have the Sixers and the Flyers coming up in the next few weeks slash month. And that's something to get fired up about. And we got to keep the faith as Phillies fans. There's no giving up in this world. So... You know, we all can't give up. We just can't give up. Um, but unfortunately, the Phillies are really disappointing, and I'm sad to say that that after about eight episodes, this didn't turn out the way I thought it would. I thought they would at least be about one or two games behind. Maybe not make it, but maybe have, like, a decent showing. Nope, they just totally decided to tank and be behind basically every team they were in front of for weeks. But, you know, that's, that's sometimes how it works. And you know what? All I got to say right now is go Birds. Thanks for tuning in. Again, this is another episode of the Philly Sports Angle Podcast, and I'm Kirsten. Uh, subscribe to on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you get your, your music or your podcasts. And follow me on Twitter, at Cat in the Hat, and message me. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. And, uh, yep, I'll see you so- soon. Go Birds.